0: Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Do you think that life is what happens to you? What if life happens for you instead? How would knowing that in your cells change the way that you live your life? What would be different? My guest today, Sam Leibowitz is a dear friend, colleague, and has a lot to say about waking up to new possibilities. In fact, his new book is all about that. Stay tuned. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your creative advantage by taking the creative innovator quiz. Find out your personal creative innovator style so that you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. Learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. Sam Leibowitz, known as the Conscious Consultant, is a mentor, coach, speaker, healer, serial entrepreneur, and author of the number one new best-selling book, Everyday Awakening. He has been in business since 1993 and has owned several successful businesses. His current ventures include Talking Alternative Broadcasting and Double Diamond Wellness, both in Manhattan. Sam has lectured in several venues in New York City, including being a featured speaker at TEDx Upper West Side in 2016. Welcome, Sam. I am so excited to have you on the show. We have been playing together and doing things for a while now, and it's the first time you've been on Wisdom Talk Radio.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Lori. I really appreciate you having me on your show. I've been looking forward to this ever since we first talked about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, which was a while back. (laughs) Which was a while ago. Yeah. So I guess I have to start with asking you, what do you mean by life happens for you
1: well the phrase uh, i first uh, heard it said that way from our dear friend jennifer huff mm-hmm. yes. a couple of years ago when i was down in asheville for a weekend training with her mm-hmm. and when she said it it just resonated with my whole body it mm-hmm. was like something i already knew and believed in but just mm-hmm. hadn't put it quite that way yeah. And what it was, was the recognition that the things we consider to be our biggest struggles and sometimes our greatest pains actually all serve us in some way. We just usually don't see it in the moment or when we're in the midst of it. And it's just that when we can pull back the perspective a little bit and take a broader, wider view when we understand that actually all of life happens for us it's it's always supporting us now it's not necessarily supporting us in the way we quote unquote want to be supported <laughs> yeah. but it's supporting us for our highest good our growth for for who we're meant to be in this life i'm a big believer you know everything is actually perfect. And so That's it's
0: a big distinction isn't it Sam? <clears throat> <laughs> right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, because people get very attached to <clears throat> what they want for themselves in life. And and a lot of people uh, would be kicking and screaming to say I don't want to learn anything new or I don't want to learn from life. I want life I just want to be happy.
1: Right. Right. And, and it, you know, it's kind of like when we get in our comfort zones and we're kind of happy and we're comfortable where we are, the momentum is to kind of stay there. Mm-hmm. So it takes some kind of external force in a way to kind of push us out of it that in most cases it's because we're in so much pain we can't afford to stay in it anymore because it just hurts too much mm-hmm. but sometimes it's when there's such a big pull like the more evolved I feel we get the pull is more toward from that from the it, it's not the push from the pain but it's a pull towards going to something even greater and juicier and oh that just feels so good mm-hmm. but for most of us It's really the push from the pain that gets us out of our comfort zone that then causes us to grow. You know, there's the old analogy about how if you look at life, if you look at a caterpillar, if you look at a, 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 um, a lobster or a crab, in order for the shell to grow, You know, sometimes they have to shed like a snail will will shed its old shell and find a new shell to grow. Mm -hmm. And it's actually painful and quite dangerous when they're without their shell.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And and there are many creatures in nature where it's painful to grow. It's uncomfortable. A snake, every month it sheds its skin. And it's actually very uncomfortable, but completely necessary in order for the snake to grow.
0: I think about the, what you just said about the snail and, and how vulnerable a snail is when it's in right. the midst of letting go of the shell. And mm. for most of us, we don't like feeling vulnerable. We, we mistake right. vulnerability for weakness.
1: Right. Whereas the truth is when we can authentically be vulnerable in front of other people, that actually shows our strength more than anything else.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what about vulnerability just simply with yourself? I mean, the thought of the snail, he's not demonstrating that he's being vulnerable. He just, in order to get where he needs to go, (laughs) he's got to become vulnerable. He's got to be willing to let go of what was in order to move into what's possible.
1: Absolutely. It, It always starts with us first. Right. To 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 be vulnerable with other people, we have to be honest and vulnerable with ourselves to 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 learn to be kinder and gentler with other people. We first have to be kinder and gentler with ourselves, (sighs) you know, to be, you know, to to respect, truly respect other people. We have to respect ourselves first. It all starts with us. To have good boundaries with people, we first have to have good boundaries with ourselves. We, We usually step over our own boundaries way more than other people do.
0: Can you give me an example of that, of how that is for you or how that has been at some point in your
1: life? Well, come on, we've all done it. We've all said, "Oh yeah, tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and start exercising." Mm-hmm. And then something happens tonight, or you have a bad sleep that night. And you get up and you're just too tired and exhausted. And you're like, "Oh, I'll do it tomorrow." Mm-hmm. Right? Whenever, whenever we say to ourselves, "Oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it tomorrow," that's crossing our boundary. We said, wow. "Yes, I want to do this. I'm going to do this." And then when we don't, we've we've just walked all over a boundary we set
0: hmm. OK.
1: Or or even like, let's say we have somebody in our life who's toxic in some way and we say, I'm not, you know, letting them take any more of my time or I'm not answering their emails or phone calls anymore. And then we get that one message like, oh, I'm so desperate. I really need your help, please, please, please. And we just feel, you know, so sorry for them that we then take that message. And then it's the same old thing. And we're like, oh, why did I take this message?
0: Mm-hmm. Didn't I learn?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Right, right. So for you, um, you've just written this great book and it is, <clears throat> excuse me, it is a great book. I have just been so enjoying reading it often oh. before I go to bed at night.
1: Oh, nice. <clears throat>
0: especially because there's those little, there's little nuggets like everywhere in your book.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a- actually, I've I been writing, technically I've been writing the book over the last six years. Right. because it's a compilation of all my blog writings, not all, but the best of my blog writings from the last six years. Mm -hmm. But when I started writing, I'd never intention of creating a book from what I was writing. It was just I needed content for my newsletter, and uh, I I was I I love Seth Godin. I've been following Seth Godin for years, and he just talked about showing up, and he always encourages people just show up every single day. I mean, he he like writes a blog every Mm -hmm. single day, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Uh, let me just start with once a week, okay, (laughs) or twice a week. That I can handle. Every day might be a little bit much for me, and so I just because I and then I. Used it as basically an opportunity to be present to what's going on for me in my life. And, and I didn't make it personal. Like I didn't tell the story of what happened to me, but I would just make it a, a, a perspective of what did I learn from what mm-hmm. was going on. Mm hmm. So, uh, you know, did I experience some loss? Uh, did, did I get triggered over some conversation? Um, did I hear someone say something amazing, like life happens for you, not to you? Mm-hmm. And, and then they would be like, oh, okay. And then i just start typing and the words would just come out. Mm -hmm. And and especially over the last two or three years, I've had several people say, oh, this was like the perfect blog post. I really needed to hear this today. Or, oh, these are really great. And then I had this one friend who lives in the building next to me, who's a PR person. She's like, these are great. You got to get these published. You got to get these published. And for like two years, she's been after me to like get them together and make, publish a book. So Finally, so there
0: did. we go. everyday awakening came into being.
1: <laughs> yes, it came into being.
0: So it really is the, the book really is a, um, a window into you, really, you know, a window into the, your own growth, your own evolution, um, the things that were without, as you said, telling the you know not having to go go into the raw details. Right. And a lot of a lot of blog writing has been that you know, just mm-hmm. here's, you know, let's rip open the kimono without having gotten to the, what did I learn from that place?
1: Right. right.
0: And and that's the place where uh, we're not just being voyeurs to somebody else's process, but we're getting to see how it got integrated and has co- and come out the other end. You've come out the other side of it. And here's, here's what I've learned from this.
1: Right. And, and I really want people to know it's like, I'm not perfect. Like, I don't necessarily live up to all these things every single day, <laughs> but it's just part of the way I see things. And so, and and it's funny because Mm -hmm. now that the book is out and became a number one bestseller and people are interviewing me and I'm talking about the book and, Mm -hmm. you know, I I like to say like the book is not designed to necessarily, it can be, but not necessarily to be read linearly. It's more like you randomly flip open to a page and it's like, there's a message for you today. I just flipped Mm -hmm. open to, if we take responsibility for our part, we can change our life And it's like, I remember I was doing this on one show and I was reading through them like, oh, wow. Like, this is pretty good. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, that really resonates. You know, the reminder of it. And it's like, yeah, I wrote all these, but can I, I mean, it's 126. I mean, this is a, it's a substantial book, but everything Mm -hmm. is just one or two pages long. So it's easy to just flip open to a page, read two pages, takes your five minutes, close it, put it down, and, and and let it settle in.
0: Yes, that's an important piece. I remember when I was writing weekly, um, I always ended my each blog post with a kind of reminder of, you know, take a deep breath, let this settle, sit with this, l- just let it marinate. Within you. And that's I, what I hear you asking people to do with, with each of these. So it's not a, yeah. hey, how many of these can I read in one sitting? Yeah. But how no. much can I really take of, of this wisdom?
1: Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I would say you're probably better served to only read one in a sitting
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and then let it sit with you, see how it feels, and then go on to the next one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then again, randomly flip open to a page or don't, or, or just maybe there's a chapter of like, oh yeah, I want to really read about those. And so maybe you focus on a chapter for a while, but I I don't know. I kind of like the randomness of it. It's kind of like a, a, an Oracle deck in book format. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's true. That's true. Maybe that's next. Maybe, maybe, maybe just Uh, next product.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Everyone's been telling me they want to hear it in my voice. So I think the audio book is next.
0: Ah, okay. Okay.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. But maybe the card deck will come sometime (laughs) next year. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know how expensive it is to make a card deck.
0: Well, you need the right right visual person.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: So you are, your your moniker, I've never used that word, but your moniker is the conscious consultant. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And how did you... How did you get there, wherever there is?
1: (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny because I never intended to become a healer or an energy worker. I never thought I had it in me. But many years ago... I like to say the universe will have its way with you, whether you want it to or not.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> so we we'll tell stories about that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a long, long time ago when I was in college, I was put on a very spiritual path, mm-hmm. but it went haywire, went crazy. And after a number of years, I, I just had to walk away from the whole thing because it was just for my own sanity. I had to mm-hmm. extricate myself from it. And f- and so much of my identity was tied up with what was going on and what I believed. And after that, I didn't know what to believe and I didn't know what to do. So I was kind of drifting for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's when I came- became an entrepreneur and just focused on making money because that was just something tangible to kind of ground me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, probably about a mm, little more than 15 years ago, First, it was, Oh, I found some old recordings of Tony Robbins and I shared it with my wife and she loved it. You know, she's a therapist <laughs> and, and uh, started getting back into personal development. And then because of getting back into the personal development, started going to this local meetup group called the New York Power Team. And, and they would have like somebody come in and do a presentation about something that could help you. And, and inevitably they would talk about some modality, some thing like NLP or the Sedona method or Brandon Bay's, the journey. And then in the weekend, they'd be giving the whole workshop. So I would go to these meetings and be, Oh my God, this is amazing. I never heard anything like this before. And I go to my, wife, Oh, they're doing a workshop this weekend. You want to come? And she'd be like, okay. And so we'd go and uh, like learn all this stuff. And so I was going and going for my own healing. Mm-hmm. Not, not I ever intended to like use this stuff, but just for my own healing. But then, sure enough, comes that one workshop that, you know, they teach you some process and they pair you up. And I helped this woman release a condition that she said she had had since she was six years old. Wow. And I was like, oh, 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 like the light bulb went off. Like, oh, like this isn't just for me. I can use this to help other people. And I'm like, what do I do with this? I'm an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. what do I do with this? And so I was you know, kind of sitting with it and thinking about it. And I'm like, well, I'm a business consultant. You know, I help people with starting their own businesses. I coach and mentor people. I guess I'm still kind of a consultant. I'm just a different kind of consultant now because now I take a broader view. Now I understand the importance of the energy and the underlying awareness around things. Mm-hmm. So that's when this idea of the conscious consultant was born is that I'm still, I still have my foot very strongly in the business world, Mm -hmm. but now I'm bringing a different perspective, a different awareness, a different consciousness to it so that that's the way I work with people. I work with them holistically to shift the underlying energetic patterns or to shift their consciousness around something, thereby not just shifting what's going on in their business or their career, but in their life in general.
0: Wow. And seeing that they're not exactly separate, are
1: they? Not at all. Not at all. They're all the same thing. It's the same way we think that like our emotional health and our physical health and our mental health and our spiritual health are like four separate things. Mm -hmm. No, they're all different aspects of the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. When we're healthy emotionally, we're healthy spiritually, we're healthy mentally, we're healthy physically and vice versa it's all interrelated
0: so we can we can enter at any one of those points and and as a facilitator as a teacher as a guide mentor whatever words we want to use or titles we want to use whatever place we enter in we're really impacting the whole
1: My, my shamanic teacher has a a a medicine wheel. It's, it's his own kind of creation, but based on informed by many different traditions and he's a lineage holder himself, but on the medicine wheel, we look at mind, heart, body and spirit Mm -hmm. and the four archetypal directions and a bunch of stuff that goes along with it. And, and in ceremony, we sort of work on, you know, going in one of those directions, but He he says, and I've experienced it myself from any point in the wheel, you can get to every other point in the wheel. So from heart, you can get to mind, spirit, or body mm-hmm. from body. You can get to heart, spirit, or mind mm-hmm. from spirit. You can get to mind, heart, or body. So yeah, they're all interrelated and we can go anywhere from any one of them to the other. Uh huh. It's not about balance. A lot of people talk about being more balanced. It's not about balance. Mm-hmm. It's about harmony and fluidity. When mm-hmm. we're, Okay, with all the different aspects. And we understand when to flow to the right aspect at the appropriate time and when not to, then we just go where we need to go. You know, when we're having a conversation with a friend or we're connecting with people in community, it's about heart. But if we're working on a business plan, it's about numbers. It's mind. You don't want to be in your heart when you're You want to be in your mind. When you're sitting down and meditating, you don't want to be all emotional or you don't want to be up in your head. You want to be with spirit. You want that inspiration to come. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're being physical, you, you want to be present. That's being embodied. You don't want to be out in, in, in spirit when you're trying to exercise or do do physical (laughs) labor. So they all serve a purpose and they're always appropriate times to use one or a combination of them. So it's, it's, and it's not that we're always balanced with all four. It's just, we learn how to dance with each of the four of them.
0: Well, Sam, I'm thinking about that as I'm listening, um, I agree, it's not about balance. And I also see how there there's no way to really um, separate those into four things, four ways of being. Um, when I am doing mental work, when I am you know thinking about my budget and and what I'm gonna what I need to do with that, whether it's in my business or my personal life, I'm also tapping into guidance into that spiritual side of things, if you will, uh, and saying, okay, well, how do I need to move with this? How am I needing to address that? What's more, most important here? I'm asking all of those questions of that, um, that field of creative intelligence so that I, I'm not just there with any one particular thing, and and I I have a feeling you would agree with me on that. But
1: tell yeah, me, absolutely, absolutely, um, and, and yeah, they're not four separate ways of being, but they're four different filters with which to view where we are. Ooh, that's lovely. Yeah, mm. and and kind of you know one of the things my teacher says he, he's so brilliant in so many ways. <laughs> He says the problem in the West is that we think we have one ego and we're very attached to it. <laughs> Whereas the truth is we have many facets, many masks mm-hmm. and they are appropriate for different situations. We show up for our family different than we show up for our friends, different than we show up for our colleagues, different than we show up for our bosses or our subordinates, different than we show up for a volunteer different than we show up in different ways. And it's, it's all us. It's just about not being so attached to one way of being because all those ways of our being are us.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Not being so attached to any one way of being. And then, when the universe—I'm just realizing that when the universe comes along and mm, invites us, whether it's a push or a pull, <laughs> in, or a kick, or a kick, yeah, or <laughs> uh, one of those two by cosmic two by fours—invites yeah. um, us into that next stage, it, it how we respond to that really reflects on well was i attached or was i not attached what, am i willing to be in this harmony and flow
1: and and the attachment doesn't have to be to something physical it right. could just be attached to the way we see life or the way what we believe in and and what we think of as good or bad or or, or good and evil things like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. And sometimes we get an awakening that what we believed in or what we thought was true our whole life, we might all of a sudden change our perspective and change our belief that maybe it wasn't so true, or maybe we didn't have all the facts, or we didn't know everything that was going Mm -hmm. on. And, you know, one of the funniest thing is that when we're little kids... The things that we experience, we make stories about. Mm-hmm. And we think the story is so true <laughs> because the actual physical things that happen, the facts are true. But the interpretation, we get so attached to it. And, and usually the interpretation is way off. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I've discovered for myself and that I, I, I work with other people to see is that Our perspective of what another person was feeling or thinking and why their motivation and why they did what they did is usually not what we interpreted at as all at all, because we're not really seeing them as their own individual human being. We're seeing them as a mother or a father or a sister or a brother Mm -hmm. or a friend and not as a human being. And it could be years. We could be living with this story our whole lives. And then all of a sudden we find out that the person didn't do what we saw them do because we thought they were trying to do something against us, but actually they were doing it because they cared so much about us Mm -hmm. or they were so proud of us or whatever, so many different things. And then also it's like, Oh my God, and I've been living with this my whole life.
0: Yeah. There were some um, situations like that between my daughter and I, Hmm. where we, uh, we really went through some rocky times and, and had to come into those places or came into those places, each of us in our own way of seeing, oh, wait a minute, what I saw, what I thought I saw wasn't the case at all. And it totally shifted our relationship in an incredible way.
1: Yeah. I mean, with my mom, my mom passed away last year at 99 and a half. And I was fortunate in that. Like we kind of knew, you know, at that age, you kind of know she doesn't have too much longer to go, but her health was relatively good. But I remember I, I was making a trip to see her a couple of months before she transitioned, before she graduated. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew it might be the last time I see her alive. Mm-hmm. And so I went in ceremony around it. And in ceremony, I was able to, for the first time in my life to really see her as a human being, not as a mother. Mm-hmm. And to see my dad who passed away many, many years ago, also as a human being, not as a father. Mm -hmm. And it's so shifted how I felt about my mom that the last time I saw her, I was really able to express to her so much appreciation, really. And and even being apologetic for sort of my side of things in a way, which wasn't necessarily necessary, but it felt good to me to do it that and, and she didn't say anything she just smiled and nodded that's all she did wow but i knew you know it's kind of like you know mm-hmm. and and then you know like two months later she was gone and i was so fortunate that i was able to do that mm-hmm. with her when she was still here
0: yes yes oh how wonderful wow <laughs> You mentioned mm, being in ceremony. You went mm. into ceremony about it. Tell us about that.
1: So, so this is the, the shamanic work that I've been engaged in for the last six and a half years, which I've recently graduated.
0: Yes. From <laughs> Yes, <Yeah. laughs>
1: Lots of lots of things to celebrate the end of really? this year. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it's been so impactful on my life. It really has. And I've studied many spiritual traditions before, but this really kind of grounded a lot of the lessons, but also helped me to see myself more clearly. Hmm. And 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 my teacher, who who is a lineage holder from Peru, he came to the United States like 45 years ago. And tried to work with people using these indigenous traditions at a time when people were too busy partying and having a good time. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, I got to go back and like figure out how I can reach people. And he went back and he literally got like two PhDs, mm. came back to the States and created a a, a, f- a, a form of the work that's much more approachable to us as Westerners. Mm. And so it's in doing, when I say in ceremony, so we still, it's very modernized. It's very, you know, it's something like you get together, you, you you do a ceremony over a weekend and you can still go back to work Monday morning. You don't have to be on a special diet. You don't have to, you know, spend weeks in, at a time in the jungle. It's something we could fit into our life. And it's about, again, the different points in the medicine wheel, heart, mind, body, and spirit. And, and what I learned is actually 90% of our work it's just feeling safe enough to be in our heart space again, mm-hmm. you know, like that's really, and, and, for, and once you're safe with that, then like the rest is not a piece of cake, but the rest <laughs> is not as difficult as we like to think.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. And so it's really informed a lot of my growth. It's really helped give me a, a, a more empowered perspective of life itself and of myself in my life. And that it, it, I say to people, it's like, if you look at my life today from what it was like six and a half years ago, externally, it might not look that different. Well, a little bit different. Now I'm a best-selling author and, <laughs> and some other things going on, but
0: the trappings have uh, gotten increased. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that's not the big thing. The big change is how I feel in my body. Yeah. You yeah. know, just how I feel about my life has changed so much.
0: How has and, it changed, Sam?
1: I'm not as angry as I once was. I'm more accepting of my own flaws or my own humanness. Mm. And I'm much more accepting of other people as they are much less judgmental. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, you know, people, if I said that to my good friends at the time, they would like never know what I was talking about. They're like, you, you're not judgmental. But, you know, they're the judgments that we hide that we don't necessarily tell other people.
0: Right. Because
1: we're judging ourselves. Exactly. And when we stop judging ourselves, suddenly those judgments of others start going away. Yeah. And it's the understanding, and not just the understanding, but the embodiment that we really do create our life. We create our life every single day through the choices we make, the attitudes we hold on to, the energy we bring into life, uh, and and, and our environment around us. So we may not have a choice over the external stuff, right? The world is the world. And nobody had a choice as to whether COVID was going to spread around the world or not. Mm -hmm. But we have 100% choice how we decide to respond to it. And that's where the real power is. And that's one of the reasons why I, I just want to get my book out into so many hands as possible, because that's one of the core themes that, that's over and over again is, is brought up in the book in different ways, is we are more powerful than we know. And and I just feel that that message is one that people want to hear now more than ever before.
0: And I I feel like I, even though many of our listeners will understand what you mean by we're more powerful, I feel like I still need to ask you about that. I I ask you to just expand on that some because you're not really talking about power in the way that power has mm, come through in the old paradigms.
1: Absolutely not. No, the real power is in our presence to really be present to a situation, to not resist what is to not put our own labels on it, to not put our own interpretation on it, but to see things and see people how they really are and how things really are Mm -hmm that is so much more powerful than we realize yeah the thing is we're usually not very present because we're running around these stories in our mind about our past or our future or what's going on or why is this person doing that and why is that person doing this and why did i do this and so all these stories these these mechanisms these programs running around inside our conscious and subconscious take us out of presence usually because of trauma, usually because we haven't really processed a lot, Mm -hmm. but the more we process our trauma, the more we process our pain, our guilt, our suffering, we can now be more present to what really is and the beauty of it and the joy in it. And the, the, the juiciness of life. Mm -hmm. Life is so juicy in so many ways we're not really being present to it because we're so focused on what we don't have or, or the way things are that, that aren't the way we want them to be. Yeah, That's where our real power is. And presence, when you're more present in a conversation than the other person, you have much more power. Mm-hmm. When you are with a group of people and you're more present than anyone else in the group, you have more power. Because you sense and you feel and you notice who's a little anxious, who's who's falling asleep, who's upset, who's, who's maybe nervous, you know, who, who's getting anxious. So then you know how to respond to people and meet them where they're at and help them to settle down to then help them to be more present to what's really going on in that moment. Wow. Because all of life is lived in the present moment.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: If we're not present to that, we're not present to anything.
0: Yeah. And presence in that way is also presence. I, I and But I, that I mean, capital P, presence. You know, yes. that we bring, we allow presence, God, spirit, energy, whatever you want to call that. To come through and be available with us and through us, and it it so
1: there's no power over. And, and with that comes many presents. Ah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does indeed. It does indeed and i you know i'm thinking so much of these days about the, the the kinds of things that are happening globally and the 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 challenges the um the arrogances that's not a word i generally use but mm. the, the the arrogances of power in that old paradigm and you, then we never get to what's possible we never get to mm-hmm. solutions
1: it, it's so interesting i mean If we can take the personal tragedies out of it, Mm -hmm. we are living in some of the most interesting times in the world. Mm. And I say that because we are like on the cusp of so many global changes, Mm -hmm. most of them for the better, some of them not necessarily so, but it's always possible to shift it around. The thing is, it's very messy when you're going through a change of mm-hmm. an epoch, which is what we're going through. We're right. literally in a, in mm-hmm. in that period of time between two epochs, from the 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 epoch of Pisces to the epoch of Aquarius, mm-hmm. and these change are 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 these epochs change once every twenty six hundred years. Right. So it doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't happen overnight. It probably happens over a hundred years exactly. or more. Or more. But we're like, I think we're like right in the middle of it right now.
0: It feels that way. It really yeah. does feel that way. When I, when I step back from, oh, the day-to-dayness of, oh, I want to be able to go see my friends or, you know, whatever the, the current moment may be. I feel like this is why I'm here. This is why I've been trained in the way I've been trained. And I mean, in the very biggest sense of the word, um, you know, and it's also why those of us are gathering in the ways that we're doing.
1: I mean, just think about it, Lori. you and I had an opportunity to facilitate a deep dive for the Evolutionary Business Council mm-hmm. that if it wasn't for everything going on, we probably never would have had that opportunity. That is true, And And, and it it was was, such a beautiful experience. And everybody who was there like is raving about that experience. Yeah. And it's never happened before. And it's never happened before. We created it. We had very little time to to put it together. And my original idea didn't sit well with you. And then you had different (laughs) ideas and we were back and forth. And then, you know, finally we hit upon it. And I mean, just so much of it was informed by what both of us have gone through in the Mm -hmm. last six to nine months, Mm -hmm. that it just, we birthed something new that I think can really, and and, and by all indications where people are saying, like really can serve people and help people in such a beautiful way that otherwise probably never would have happened in in different circumstances.
0: So there we have the diamond, you know, that under pressure Because folks, listen, we were we were under a bit of pressure to uh, come up with an idea, have it run past the board, get marketing out, get all the details in place in a a mere couple of weeks and get a team in place to do it and get people signed up. Yeah. And, you know, and it was so well received. So but it, it the piece of how containment, how the the so-called pressure of external situations if when it's up to us you know up to us each of us individually we have the choice as to how we're going to respond to that and that was a point you made earlier
1: yeah yeah exactly i like to say you know we we have no control any control we think we have over the external world is pure illusion right Mm -hmm. but we have 100 percent control over what goes on inside of us, mm-hmm. over our choices, our decisions, how we decide to see things. Do we see it as something that serves us or do we see it as something that diminishes us? Yeah. Almost anything we can find a way if, if you know, if, if we say something is some way, we're right. If we say it's a different way, we're also right. Mm-hmm. So and it's we not can,
0: about being right or wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: Not at all. Not at all. It's what are we choosing to take from the situation? Yeah. And if we choose to take from it, that life is showing us how strong we are, how good we are, how supported we are, how powerful we are, how impactful we can be, how much people care about. If we choose to take that, then that's what we have. Then we're more empowered to show up more present, more powerful, more impactful,
0: and we get to discover parts of ourselves that we never even knew existed.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And those are some of the gifts. Yes, the presence. The presence. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I'm really I'm moved by what you're sharing, Sam. I'm. I'm it's not like it's. Um, oh my God, this is new, this is brand new. And there's a way that you have brought it all together, that it resides within you in such a way that you, uh, that it just emanates from you.
1: Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, You know, I like to say, uh, I'm a nice Jewish boy from the Bronx.
0: Yeah, and I'm a good Jewish girl from Philly. (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
1: I I like things simple. I don't like to overcomplicate things. And sometimes the most elegant truths are the simplest ones. Mm-hmm. And I just like to make things approachable. I, you know, some of the stuff I talk about in the book is, is really based on some very esoteric spiritual philosophies. Mm-hmm. But if I use those same words and terminology and, and talk about it the way a lot of other people do, it won't be accessible to a lot of people. Exactly.
0: Exactly exactly
1: but if i keep my my language simple if i keep it grounded to something that anybody can relate to then it's much more accessible then people can really not only get the lesson for themselves, but actually embody it and apply it in their own day-to-day life. And and if we can apply all of these things that we're learning, then what good are they? It's mental masturbation. It's Mm -hmm. really not doing us any good. But when we can apply something, when we Mm -hmm. can embody it, when we can use it to shift and change our life, then it's gold. Then it's more precious than any of the diamonds out there.
0: I love that, Sam. My teacher used to say... um, If we can't speak to the garbage collector, then we have nothing to say.
1: Or someone in third grade. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if we're using such fancy language, why are we doing it? right do do but we have to use it to, to make ourselves sound so good mm-hmm. then then why do we need to use fancy language to make ourselves sound so good then it's something more about us and not really about being in service yeah there are always if if we're open to the idea and we're willing to be honest and truthful with ourselves mm-hmm. there are always things in which we can learn more about ourselves that we can then improve but then we understand other people as well. One of the big themes in, in the book as well is that like our deepest wound is our greatest gift. Mm. One of the reasons why is because that's how we become relatable to other people and how we can relate to other people. Yeah, The better we understand our wounds, the better we understand our pain, our agonies the better able we are to empathize and understand and support other people who also have the same wounds and agonies and pains. And
0: like Leonard Cohen said, the cracks are where the light gets in.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sam, thank you so very much. Um, I want to tell, ask you to t- let people know how they can get a hold of you um, because you've got, you're doing so many different things. And of course, how they can get a hold of Everyday Awakening, which will certainly be in the show notes. But if you could also speak to that right now.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Lori. Just and whenever we get together and chat, I, I just always have such a good time. Me too. Um, the, you can find me at my website. It's called oh. The conscious consultant.com the three words, the just all strung together. Um, and, and you can find me on LinkedIn on Facebook, all over the place. I'm, I'm fairly visible if you just search for me. And if you want to get the book, it's on all the major booksellers, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, indie books, all those places. But I did create a link that'll take you right to the listing on Amazon, which is everyday awakening book.com
0: and that will be in the show notes. Wonderful. Great. Thank, thank you. you. Uh Sam, thank you. And and you 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 mentioned uh the deep dive that we did and we're going to do it again for yes. uh this year in well in 2021. Yes. Not I don't know when this is going to air, but whenever it does, it's going when we when we do that, it's going to be in 2021. So we'll be we'll be talking about that again, too.
1: Wonderful. Um, Wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today.
1: My pleasure, Lori. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: And thank you for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening to us today, haha, leave us a review <laughs> because that helps more people to access the wisdom and to transform the world. And for more about fast tracking your ideas to creation and revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. And that's B-A-C-A, the B-A-C-A, Institute.com. And remember, there's that great quiz over there to find out your creative innovator style. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.